The False Rhyme by Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Come tell me where the maid is found whose heart can love without deceit, and I will range the world around to sigh one moment at her feet. Thomas More. On a fine July day, the fair Margaret, Queen of Navarre, then on a visit to her royal brother, had arranged a rural feast for the morning following, which Francis declined attending. He was melancholy, and the cause was said to be some lover's quarrel with a favorite dame. The morrow came, and dark rain and murky clouds destroyed at once the schemes of the courtly throng. Margaret was angry, and she grew weary. Her only hope for amusement was in Francis, and he had shut himself up. An excellent reason why she should the more desire to see him. She entered his apartment. He was standing at the casement, against which the noisy shower beat, writing with a diamond on the glass. Two beautiful dogs were his sole companions. As Queen Margaret entered, he hastily let down the silken curtain before the window, and looked a little confused. "'What treason is this, my liege?' said the Queen. "'Which crimsons your cheek? I must see the same.' "'It is treason,' replied the King, "'and therefore, sweet sister, thou mayest not see it.' This the more excited Margaret's curiosity and a playful contest ensued. Francis at last yielded. He threw himself on a huge, high-backed settee, and as the lady drew back the curtain with an arch smile, he grew grave and sentimental, as he reflected on the cause which had inspired his libel against all womankind. "'What have we here?' cried Margaret. "'Nay, this is Lege Majesté.' Souvent fanfari, ben fou qui s'y fit. Very little change would greatly amend your couplet. Would it not run better thus? Souvent envahi, ben fou qui s'y fit. I could tell you twenty stories of man's inconstancy. I will be content with one true tale of woman's fidelity, said Francis dryly. But do not provoke me. I would fain be at peace with the soft mutabilities, for thy dear sake. I defy your grace, replied Margaret rashly, to instance the falsehood of one noble and well-reputed dame. Not even Emily de Lagny, asked the king. This was a sore subject for the queen. Emily had been brought up in her own household, the most beautiful and the most virtuous of her maids of honor, she had long loved the sire de Lagny, and their nuptials were celebrated with rejoicings, but a little ominous of the result. De Lagny was accused but a year after of traitorously yielding to the emperor a fortress under his command, and he was condemned to perpetual imprisonment. For some time Emily seemed inconsolable, often visiting the miserable dungeon of her husband 
and suffering on her return from witnessing his wretchedness such paroxysms of grief as threatened her life eventually in the midst of her sorrow she disappeared and inquiry only divulged the disgraceful fact that she had escaped from france bearing her jewels with her and accompanied by her page robinette Leroux. it was whispered that during their journey the lady and the stripling often occupied one chamber and margaret enraged at these discoveries commanded that no further quest be made for her lost favorite taunted now by her brother she defended emily declaring that she believed her to be guiltless even going so far as to boast that within a month she would bring proof of her innocence robinette was a pretty boy said francis laughing let us make a bet cried margaret if i lose i will bear this vile rhyme of thine as a motto to my shame to my grave if i win i will break my window and grant thee whatever boon thou askest the result of this bet was long sung by troubadour and minstrel the queen employed a hundred emissaries published rewards for any intelligence of emily all in vain the month was expiring and margaret would have given any bright jewels to redeem her word on the eve of that fatal day the jailer of the prison in which the sire de lagny was confined sought an audience with the queen he brought her a message from the knight to say that if the lady margaret would ask his pardon as her boon and obtain from her royal brother that he might be brought before him her bet was won fair margaret was very joyful and readily made the desired promise francis was unwilling to see his false servant but he was in high good humour for a cavalier had that morning brought intelligence of a victory over the imperialists the messenger himself was lauded in the dispatches as the most fearless and bravest knight in france the king loaded him with presents only regretting that a vow prevented the soldier from raising his visor or declaring his name that same evening as the setting sun shone on the lattice on which the ungallant rhyme was traced francis reposed on the same settee and the beautiful queen of navarre with triumph in her bright eyes sat beside him attended by guards the prisoner was brought in his frame was attenuated by privation and he walked with tottering steps he kneeled at the feet of francis and uncovered his head a quantity of rich golden hair then escaping fell over the sunken cheeks and the pallid brow of the suppliant we have treason here cried the king sir jailer where is your prisoner sire blame him not said the soft faltering voice of emily wiser men than he have been deceived by women my dear lord was guiltless of the crime for which he suffered there was but one mode to save him i assumed his chains he escaped with poor robinette Leroux in my attire he joined your army the young and gallant cavalier who delivered the dispatches to your grace 
whom you overwhelmed with honours and reward, is my own ingrat de Lagny. I waited but for his arrival with testimonials of his innocence, to declare myself to my lady the queen. Has she not won her bet? And the boon she asks is de Lagny's pardon, said Margaret, as she also knelt to the king. Spare your faithful vassal, sire, and reward this lady's truth. Francis first broke the false speaking window. Then he raised the ladies from their supplicatory posture. In the tournament given to celebrate this triumph of ladies, the sire de Lagny bore off every prize, and surely there was more loveliness in Emily's faded cheek, more grace in her emaciated form, type as they were of truest affection, than in the prouder bearing and fresher complexion of the most brilliant beauty in attendance on the courtly festival. End of the False Rhyme by Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley Read by Capricia Page